0: Hello, and welcome to the Accountability Coach Podcast, where we discuss proven business success principles related to helping you make more money, work less, so you can enjoy even better work-life balance and back rack here. Today, we have a guest with us that has an inspiring story that I think you will enjoy hearing about. Homeless, addicted, alone, Ron Worley hit rock bottom but climbed his way back and into money, a successful business, and fulfillment. Ron went from a homeless addict to self-made business owner, launching 11 businesses and four retail locations through developing his own code. He refused to accept circumstance, taking himself from a man on a path to death to living a world-changing reality. Ron is the author of Ditches to Riches, and he is going to share some real life lessons that hopefully will inspire you to go to your next level of success. And we do all have a next level. Welcome, Ron.
1: Oh, thank you. Hi, Anne.
0: Well, I really appreciate you joining us today. And I think what I'd like to do first is just start at the beginning. So what were the circumstances that led you to homelessness?
1: Well, yeah, that's uh, that's a long road, actually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, ultimately, the short and the long of it is, is I was an addict, addicted to uh, cocaine and alcohol and all the drugs, really. And uh, I had painted myself at a corner with that, and um, I basically was unemployable, uh, not for any good reason other than I just was a terrible person at the time, and. And so I was stuck in I I'd, I'd actually taken off from Colorado my hometown area uh, and just tried to run from my problems and of course my problems found me and I went to Nebraska in the middle of nowhere and couch surfed for a few year, few months trying to find work and trying to get my life on track but that ultimately just put me in a bigger hole I was drinking every single day all day all night I would have to wake up and drink just to Uh, Get rid of the shakes, in fact. Uh, Blue 100 was my drink of choice at the time because it was 100-proof schnapps, so it tasted good, smelled good, and was 100-proof and very cheap. So uh, that kept me going for quite a while, uh, a few months anyways. But I was only homeless about six months total, but that was all I needed. I I honestly couldn't imagine any longer. That uh, God bless the
0: people that are homeless out there. So – What specifically then made you change your circumstances from this homeless addict to, you know, being the person that you are today?
1: Yeah, so that was my children. Um, So the whole time I was homeless and I was an addict and and I'm running around, the the one thing that was killing me was that I hadn't been able to see my children. Uh, Fortunately for them, they had a mother that would not let them come stay with me when I was going down this path. And so they – we did not see each other for that whole six months that I was homeless anyways uh, and shouldn't have seen me for probably about two years up to that point. You know, I had been slipping for quite a while. And uh, to this point, I, you know, they – I thought about them every single day and every single day my heart was breaking and then that would make me drink more and that would make me do drugs. And I would try and I could just, I mean, it was a vicious cycle of trying to push down the feeling of missing and, and being terrible to my children. And you know, here I was, I I was making good money back in the, in the nineties, late nineties, I was making six figures a year and, and I'd blown all that. I'd lost my house, my cars, my boats, my, more importantly, my family and I was at my bottom. So being stuck homeless with no one else out there um, to help me, all my bridges were burnt. I was laying in a ditch, literally. That's where the book picks off is, uh picks up is, uh right after a rollover car accident where I was pitched from the car, uh, second one in, in just as many years. And my the last person on earth that was still by my side was my mother and. I called her from the hospital and asked her to help me get out of the hospital. And she basically had told me that I had burned that bridge too and not to call her back. And so I knew I was at my, that was the last person on earth that would help me. So I had to help myself. Ultimately, those kids got me sober and I stayed sober for them for many, many years. You know, it wasn't, gosh, it wasn't too long before I wanted it for myself, you know, a couple of months sober and I was like, okay, yeah, this is cool, man. I can, I can really thrive in sobriety, you know, and then things just kind of grow from there. Really. I mean, you start building and getting some positivity on your side and, and I got the kids back and I got a one bedroom apartment pretty quickly. You went, boy, I felt rich at that point.
0: So what I guess specifically Did your kids say or do that, I guess, inspired you to say, hey, I need to leave this life of addiction behind me?
1: Yeah, so I was uh, basically giving them the same life that I had grown up with. I was being my father, and I recognized that in my downturn that I, I was what he did to my childhood, to me, I was now doing to my children and it wasn't anything that they did other than just being cute as heck and being my, you know, my children. I felt sorry f- for them that I had put them through that. They, in particular, my, well, for sure, my, my oldest daughter was six years old. And uh, when I went to see her for the first time in six months, she had given me the most disgusting look. She was so mad at me because I hadn't been around in so long. And, and that, was when I said, you know what, I'm going to be sober. I am going to get my stuff together because I don't, that look, I never want to have that look again. Sheer disappointment, and she was upset. I mean, six months to a six-year-old, is that might as well be 10 years, you know. So, yeah, they they don't know this. They saved my life, but it was because I felt so bad for what I was doing to them. And ever since then, I've just been on a one-way track of, doing things good, doing things right, being staying within my values so that I could be here for them. And even as adults, I'm still here for them. Um, Every Thursday we have a a family dinner and the adult children with their girlfriends and kids and all that, they they come over and we eat dinner and play games every single Thursday.
0: That's awesome. So let's kind of take your journey from the homeless Mm -hmm. addict to the self-made millionaire. Sure. What steps did you take that you would recommend to the people listening to help them be more successful?
1: You bet. You know, first of all, we have to learn patience as entrepreneurs, as people in general. You know, I, I, I meet with so many mentees that are they think all they have to do is copy somebody else and they'll get what they have and that's not necessarily true the the parts that we leave out of the books and out of the out of the podcasts and all that stuff is that the sheer amount of hard work and luck that happens is it's you know it it just takes so much hard work to to make money and keep money and continue to make the kind of money that you want to make that it's not by accident and it doesn't happen overnight um so for me it's one step at a time you know right away I, when i first got sober i just got a job and the, from you know it was that first thing i had to do the first goal i had to get was to get sober the second one was to get a job the third one was to get a house some some place for my children to come right and so once you start reaching those goals they're small but you know getting a house is a pretty big deal to a lot of people and for me it was a huge deal i had a one bedroom apartment we all fit in it we crammed in there all four of us and we were really happy about it, but you know, that those steps are true for everything in business. So, you know, it's not like we stop making lists, we stop making goals that that's forever, you know, even the richest men in the world, the richest women in the world, they still make their list. They still make their goals. And I think it's highly important that we do that, but also that we we're patient with it, make the list, Make smaller goals. If you can't, if the goals are too big, we need to make some smaller goals, right? So uh, I have a new company that's a uh, it's a development company, and our first goal for the first year was to do five hundred thousand in business. And how are we going to do that? Was the big question mark. And and to me, I thought, well, I've you know, I'm getting frustrated that we haven't done it yet. It's already freaking March here, you know, uh, and and we've tracked, we've gone all the way backwards in our in making our goals and our list, you know, every week we talk on the phone, we each of us are responsible for different things and uh and we each have goals and then with underneath of us we have our people that have goals and and so it's interesting just hanging in there building that uh that goal sheet and being patient with it I think is the key.
0: So that's really good. So so many people just don't even set goals, right? Right. And, I mean they they just go through life hoping and wishing things are going to happen. They don't actually write anything down or really have a concrete game plan.
1: That's right. That's right. And I think a lot of people, you know, like I was saying, I think because they read or, or something, I, I've got a lot of people that are smarter than me, man. They sure can cite off some information. Um, when I'm talking to them about business, they they cite off all the right answers and all the right words. But, you know, there's more to it than that. Business is relationships, business is patience, and, it's also getting your head beat up against a wall a few times here and there. Um, and those are all things that we have to be prepared for. It's not overnight. Um, you're definitely not going to read a book and become rich. That's just not how it works.
0: So I'm curious. So you got a job. First was the first thing you said. And then uh-huh. you, you started launching businesses. So what was the shift in your mindset that really had to happen to remove some obstacles whether they're perceived or real, to start a business.
1: Right. So mine was um, I was motivated by losing my main source of income. And I, I was so fearful of becoming homeless again that I was doing anything I could to not be homeless. So my main source of income was being the government is always trying to take over that business and we're not allowed to, you know, put us out of business basically. So that fear of losing that six figure a year job made me go out and get another one or open up another business. I sort of live in in the fear that I'm gonna be homeless again all the time. And I don't think it's I don't think I'm living in fear. It is just a fear. I do not want to be homeless again. It was the worst time in my life ever. Uh, it's the hardest thing to overcome. It is the hardest thing to put your family through, your friends through. I don't ever want to do it again. So I've I've gone out there and I've always got two or three businesses going. I've got one for me, one for our lifestyle, one for my kids. I mean, I just I just have to have I have to be doing something towards the the big goal, which is retirement and safety and security. And maybe it's that I've never had security. In my career and I keep searching for it and I'll never get it because I'm an entrepreneur and that's just not possible security doesn't exist you just got to keep working and working and working and working and and eventually maybe you'll make enough money for yourself. I'm not one of those guys that wants to go out and make a billion dollars or be the richest guy in the state or the country or any of that that's not me. Um, I'm trying to make a specific amount and then I'll just stop working hopefully and and have that security. Um, I think to answer your question, the big shift was, uh, it, let's call it fear. And I I couldn't imagine putting my children through that again. So, you know, that's a that's a big motivator for a lot of people.
0: You say you need to show up and make the right choices to make your dreams happen. How do you suggest we do that?
1: Yeah, that's that's an easy one, right? So um, <laughs> what is the right choice? Uh, here's how I look at making the right choice because I never, ever, ever make the right choice on anything. I, I don't know right from wrong half the time. Now, my wife, she's a police officer or used to be a police officer and she is very black and white, right and wrong. She knows exactly what's right and what's exactly what's wrong. And I'm all kinds of gray. So I get myself into trouble and I, and so I made these these values the the whirly way the ten values that I use to run my life to run my businesses I made those because I couldn't stay in you know on the right side of everything so for me it's using my values it's a quite easy task to do uh, once you get used to it you have your ten values you you use them daily and you know if something comes up where you're in a crossroads. You just back down to your values and see what your values tell you to do. It's a, it's a great way to not have to think about what's right and wrong, but rather to just morally do what's right and wrong based off of your own principles and values.
0: Now, you've talked about you know conquering fears and perhaps biases mm-hmm. and maybe even irrationalities. Something simple like making prospecting calls holds yeah. people back a lot. How do you suggest people who have this fear of making prospecting calls, how do you suggest they actually do this activity they know they need to do so they can achieve their goals? Any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. Is that in my bio somewhere? Because that is literally the most scary thing on earth to me is making a prospect call. So it's funny you bring it up and maybe I wrote it in the book somewhere, but so I'll take it out of being specific to prospecting. Um, Anything that you hate to do is usually something that you need to practice. And I mean, so I still prospecting calls. I still uh, freak out. I mean, I I don't know what it is, but usually if I do know what it is, it's to turn on the charm long enough to make somebody on the other end of the phone that already doesn't want to talk to you, turn them into a win. Also, and, and really the win is just getting them to communicate with you at that point and not hang up, right? And so that stuff scares me. I, it's embarrassing. And then nobody even knows who you are on the other end of the phone. So to be hung up on is not even a big deal. But uh, the way I've overcome that fear or any of those fears like that is to use the effort, it, try it method. It, basically, it's uh, it's like standing on the high dive at, for the first time. Uh, if anybody's ever done that, or even the, the diving board when we're young, you're standing on the edge of it and you have to make a choice. Are you going to do it or are you not going to do it? And there's something inside of you, and this is a good way to find out if you're going to ever be able to be an entrepreneur too. Can you just jump off the diving board and hope that everything's going to be okay, that you're going to swim to the side? If the answer is yes, you're an entrepreneur. You should jump jump off a of mini of diving boards. And that's what I use especially for prospecting calls I just say, Screw it! Here we go. Let's do it and um, and see what happens. You know, the worst thing that can happen is you can hang up and try again.
0: Yeah, and I bet you probably find really there isn't really any terrible outcome from actually doing it.
1: You know, there really is. They might
0: hang up on you, but I mean, is that really so terrible?
1: That's exactly right. And it's the I find that most of our fears are based on what we in our heads uh, fantasize about. You know, we are the the soul or the biggest influencer in our own lives, we sit there and talk to ourselves all day long. And I mean, my imaginary person in my head, I, I think I know what he looks like. And I, and I don't even consider him to be me, but he talks to me all day long as me, like he's me. And and that can be positive or that can be negative. And if we can just turn them into a positive, you know, that's that's how we overcome these little obstacles in life. It's, it's interesting that you brought up the prospecting thing because you're right. It, it, at the end of the day, they hang up. No big deal. But in my head, I think they know who I am. They know my family. They know people. They're going to make fun of me um, or they're going to yell and scream at me on the phone, which why would that be a big deal either? I don't I don't even understand. Like, they just hang up, you know. But, you know, and I think once people get over the fear, like once you learn how to conquer small fears you learn how to conquer big fears and that whole effort it, try it thing that that uh, that really is helpful throughout your life after that you just got to do it just try it
0: yeah so I mean you talked about like what's the worst that can happen really not so much but what's the best thing that could happen so I mean really asking mm-hmm. yourself those two questions uh, should also help as well Absolutely. now I believe in persistence and it sounds like you know, you believe in persistence as well. So yes. how do you think pers- perseverance or persistence is helpful in making money?
1: Yeah, so I I, I throw that in with the, um, in my chapter on uh, confidence. And and the reason is because we, we do get our confidence shaken when things happen to us, when we create things, if we make a bad choice. Uh, and really, we got to learn that, And I basically, my whole book is like, this, you know, we, I screwed up all the time and I'm the most imperfect person out there. And I still was able to make a nice living for myself and to make things happen. And it just, it's making a mistake and doing it again, making a mistake and do it again. And uh, if, if you can persevere the, the ridicule that you give to yourself, your, your little voice in your head tells yourself if you can live through failure more than once in your life, more than once in, in your business, if you can live through all that and just keep trudging forward, eventually it's going to work out for you. Uh, and that's what I try and, and teach people is, is uh, confidence is nothing more than being okay with failing, really. I don't like to fail, but I kind of look forward to it because I learn an awful lot when I do fail.
0: And then you just have to persevere no matter what, because you know, you want the end result, right?
1: Right. Get back on the horse and do it again. Yeah. That's it. The, the goal at the end of the rainbow, most people it's, it's money. You know, uh, the goal is money. Uh, So if, if you haven't made the amount of money you said you're going to make, you just got to keep getting back on the horse and trying again and trying again and trying again. The only way that business fails or you fail or become a failure is if you quit and, uh, perseverance is, is exactly that. We just got to survive the moments that we make for ourselves or the things that happen to us and and learn from them.
0: Awesome. What's the best way for people to get your book, Ditches to Riches, so they can learn more and have more and be more?
1: Yeah, absolutely. If they go to Ron, at, at, sorry, Ron uh my book is on there. I'm also on Amazon and uh, Barnes & Noble. Um, that's the best way to do is just go to ronwarley.com and, and it'll take you to all those avenues.
0: Awesome. Any last comments or thoughts that you would like to share with us?
1: Yeah, you know, I think if people uh, can just grasp the idea of just being themselves, just be your values and just get out there and, and enjoy life, um, this whole entrepreneur thing, this making money, all that becomes non-important. It just becomes a piece of your life, and and you'll enjoy the freedom of having that in your life. So everybody go out and enjoy your life and let the rest happen on its own.
0: Sounds like great advice, Ron. Again, appreciate your time today. Take care and stay healthy and keep sharing the word that you have and your experience so you can continue to impact others.
1: Thanks, Ann. I appreciate you having me on.
0: Well, my hope for our time together with Ron Worley is that you got value and an idea or two that will help you be even more successful personally and professionally. Feel free to share my podcast with others as they can be found on most podcast platforms and in most English speaking countries. And if you'd like to get a short daily fix from me, subscribe to the Accountability Minute, which also can be found at accountabilitycoach.com and on most podcast platforms and in most English speaking countries. And aim for what you want each and every day. Until next time, make it a great day. Today and every day. Thanks for listening.